As you know, Pastor Tony's been in the series, but we're going to take a little diversion this morning. Um, let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you, for the presence of your spirit. Uh, Lord, thank you for speaking to us, for opening up our hearts and our minds this morning, for bringing eternal change to who we are. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking this morning about how to handle an offense. Now, if anybody gets offended over me talking about how to handle an offense, I'm not sure what to tell you. You're in the right place. Yes. Now, if you've lived for any time in this world, you have had many opportunities to offend someone else and many opportunities to be offended yourself. Did I leave anybody out? That pretty much includes all of us. Somebody once said, being offended is a natural consequence of leaving the house. <laughs> However, I would say in today's world of social media, you don't have to leave your house. It's amazing how the, we, we kind of lose decorum behind the keyboard. We say things on the keyboard that we wouldn't say to somebody face to face. And of course, if someone offends me, I'll just defriend them and that's that. Abraham Lincoln went so far as to say, we should be too big to take offense and too noble to give it. Whoa. We should be too big to take offense and too noble to give it. Now, that's a tall order right there. Um, I was listening. This is a long time ago. I think it was a Christian comedian. He said, I'm offended that you're offended. In fact, he went on to say, I'm offended that you are offended by me taking offense of your offensive offensiveness. <laughs> now, unravel that for a moment. Um, over my years of pastoring, in fact, I was talking with Pastor Jim about this earlier. Over my years of pastoring, I have offended many people. Not intentionally, but I have also been offended by many people over the years. Um, and we usually don't set out to offend people. Uh, that's not usually our goal. Um, and yet sometimes we end up offending people without even knowing it. And, and sometimes that offended person might come back to you and you get a chance to, to work it out, to resolve the issue, to, to, for reconciliation and, and all of that. But many times that offense just hangs out there. And nobody knows anything about, about, about it, about that individual, and unfortunately all those they tell about it. Right? And, um, and as a result, many of those who heard about that offense will take up that offense as their very own. And then the situation just seems to get worse and worse. Let me, let me just offer a warning to us here this morning. Never, never, never take up an offense that somebody else has and take it up as your own. Never, never, never take up somebody's offense as if it were your own. It's a prescription for disaster. Proverbs 18, 17 says, The first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. I've been in many counseling situations where someone will come to me, maybe a spouse, and they'll, they'll get, share, tell me their story, and I think, Wow, that husband or that wife, they're an idiot. 
until I sit down and talk to that husband or wife, and then I'm thinking, are you two even talking about the same situation? Proverbs 18, 13 says, he who gives an answer before he hears both sides, it is folly and shame to him. Never forget that there, there are two sides to a story. And do not convict the person based on one side of a story. Guard your heart from concluding something about someone that you've heard from somebody else. Right? Amen or oh me. Proverbs 17, 19, uh, Proverbs 17, 9. He who conceals a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Now, as I look at that verse, uh, the contrast I see in that verse is between a peacemaker and a talebearer. He's contrasting a peacemaker versus a talebearer. Now, I had to look up synonyms for the word talebearer. And I came up with terms like blabbermouth, <laughs> busybody, chatterbox, gossiper, gossip monger, monger meddler, rumor monger, scandal monger, snoop. Wow, those are not good. So the question is, will I, will you be a peacemaker or a gossip monger? We get to choose. Are we going to make, help make, bring peace into situations, or are we simply going to gossip about it and make situations worse? worse? I don't think there's anything more damaging in a church than unresolved offenses. And there's nothing to be gained by telling others about an offense that you have with someone unless you are truly looking for ways to resolve the issue and you're seeking advice and counsel. However, too many times what people are looking for when they go to somebody else is a sympathetic heart. Right? Somebody to sympathize with them and just to continue to talk about the situation. In Proverbs 17, 14, in the, in the Message Bible, it says, the start of a... Somebody's calling us. Proverbs 17, 14, in the Message Bible, the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam, so stop it before it bursts. Once the water is out of the dam, there's no way to put it back. And it's going to do the damage it's going to do. True? Proverbs 16, I, know I have a lot of scriptures this morning. Proverbs 16, verses 27, uh, verse 27 and 28. In the, in, the, in the NLT Bible, New Living, it says, Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are destructive blades. Verse 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Perhaps that's why uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 133.1, he says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. Forgiveness, grace, 
forbearing with one another, not taking into account a wrong suffered, are like soothing oil to the heart and the soul of a man. So, let's ask this question. Let's talk first about uh, offenses that you've called, caused. What do we do with offenses that you are the source of the offense? Okay, now I know it wouldn't be anybody here, but... Now, if we do not know that we have caused an offense, there's no way that we can really take care of it unless they come and tell us about it and give us a chance to resolve it. However, what happens if we learn that we have inadvertently offended somebody else? What do we do in that situation? In, uh, in the Message Bible, in Matthew 5, 23, Jesus says, if you enter your place of worship and you're about to make an offering and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend, a friend has against you. Now, let me just, before I go on to the next verse, let me just say this. If someone has a problem with you or someone has a problem with me, isn't it up to them to come to me and get it resolved? Absolutely. I think, that's, I, think I agree with that. Yet, I'm not so sure that's completely God's heart. In verse 20, well, let me read 23 again. If you enter your place of worship and are about to make an offering and suddenly remember a grudge to a friend, a friend has against you, verse 24, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right, then and only then come back and work things out with God. Like, wow, wow is right. If someone has a problem with me and I become aware of it, then I also have some responsibility to try and get it resolved. These verses to me are a picture of how much God values relationships in the church and how important it is to maintain relationships in the church. Even when we disagree with each other. Both the offender and the offendee have responsibility to bring about reconciliation. Amen? Both the offender and the one who was offended um, have responsibility in bringing reconciliation to that relationship. Now, I, I find this very painful and certainly requires a lot of humility. And if there's anything that keeps me from resolving an offense is my own personal pride. After all, I have my own dignity. <clears throat> now, you may not be able to fix every offense, but at least you make an effort to do what you can do to bring reconciliation. Now, let's talk about truth and offense uh, for just a second. What happens if what you said was true and it offended somebody else? What happens if what you said was true, but it's offended somebody else? Am I expected to go to them and apologize for, some, apologize for something that is true? Maybe they just need to put on their big boy pants and own up to it. I, I, amen. <laughs> I'm good with that. But from God's perspective... 
Love should be the overarching principle in our relationships. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love, love what? Covers a multitude of sins. You know, sometimes you have to give up your right to be right. Sometimes you're the one that has to put on the big boy pants and just give up your right to be right. If we're going to be, if, if we're going to um, be willing to speak truth and expect others not to be offended by it, then we need to be willing to hear truth and not be offended by it. I'm good with speaking truth, but am I willing to hear truth and not be offended by it? All right, that went over well. All right, let's talk about an offense that's against you. Someone has said something that offends you. So what happens when we're offended? In uh, Proverbs 19, you know, Proverbs uh, is filled with practical advice on everyday living. I would really encourage you to read the book of Proverbs. In fact, I need to con co commend uh, Mike Brannon over there who's read a proverb a day for decades. And as a result, he has, he's, a, he's, a, he's a storehouse of personal wisdom. Anyway, so Proverbs 19.11. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook a, transition, a transgression. Wow. That same verse in the Message Bible says, smart people know how to hold their tongue. Their grandeur is to forgive and forget. I want to demonstrate the glory of Christ. I've got to learn not to take in account an offense against me. When someone says something that offends me, there's a place for me or you or whoever to take the high road. And not get down in the gutter and punch for punch. I can choose not to take into account an offense. I can choose that. That's my choice. Now, Jesus makes a very strong statement in Matthew 5, verse 21. He says, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. I don't know where this is going, but it sounds bad. Verse 22, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says you fool shall be, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Wow. That's difficult to, to work up, to, to live up to. Now, I have a particular problem with this verse when it comes to politicians. I've used the word fool and worse many times. <laughs> now, I don't know how that works out in God's kingdom, but it's probably not something I should be doing. But in any case, yeah. 
Sometimes it really just feels good to be angry at somebody. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes it just plain feels good to get it out, vent. And yet I believe the Lord is warning us that we need to guard our hearts. Looking again at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. In, above all, keep fervent. That word keep implies having the ability and means to love when you have been offended. The word keep there in the, in the Greek implies you have the ability and means to do something, in this case, to love even when you are an, uh, offended. Above all, keep fervent in your love. The word fervent um, means that our intent is to, imply, uh, is to apply strenuous effort to maintain our love for the other person. Fervent means I am going to work really hard to not take this offense into account and to continue to love this person how? The way Christ would love them. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. Wow. You know, there's some situations I'm in where my love just is not enough. It isn't going to hack it. I need to have received, embraced, uh, uh, um, made a part of my life the love of Jesus Christ. John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. How are we supposed to love others? As Jesus has loved us. How did Jesus love us? Unconditionally, he went so far as to die for us because he loved us even though we were shaking our fist at him at the cross. Right? Am I willing, or are you willing, to fight against your own feelings to love those who hurt you? Are you willing to bring your feelings into subjugation to the heart and mind of God in a situation that you're dealing with? Are you willing? That's, that's a key right there. Again, we have choices that we can make. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, the love chapter in the Message Bible says, love cares more for others than for self. I don't know. I love myself a whole lot. <laughs> love cares more for others than for self. Now that uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 in the Passion Translation says, love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. One of the things I'm struggling with is I've gotten older. Now I'm only in my mid-40s, but... is that I struggle with a lack of patience. And it's easier to get angry at people. 
I'm sure not, nobody else wrestles with that. Some of you may be in your 20s and have that problem. I fear for you when you get older. No. Um, I, I do believe that a demonstration of true love toward others is going to require the death of our own self-life. Letting go of self. Letting go of our offenses. Letting go of our ego. Letting go of our sense of right and, and wrong. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all transgressions. So, how can I avoid, or how can we avoid, causing offense? Now, there's nothing that's going to guarantee that you will not offend someone either knowingly or unknowingly. Right? But one of the first things I believe that um, we need to consider uh, in not causing an offense is what comes out of our mouth. In other words, some of us need to put a delay between our mind and our mouth. You don't, you, know, you don't have to say everything that comes into your mind. I don't know whether you realize that or not. <laughs> everything that comes into our mind, we don't need to speak it out with our mouth. There are some things we just need to hold back and mull over. Let it, let it sit there for a while. And if it stinks and it's rotten, don't say it. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Let your speech be with grace. Why do we season food with salt? To make it taste better. And so... We should apply the same thing to our speech. We want it to be more palatable for people. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you may know, you may know, you may know how you should respond before you open your mouth and stick your foot in it. <laughs> or stick your whole leg in it. Colossians 4, 6 in the Message Bible. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them off. Now, there are many ways that we can cause an offense, but I think the primary source of offense is often our tongue and the things that we say. James 3, James has a lot of strong words about this, and he says in verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Well, I'm ready to go and have my tongue cut out. The tongue is a powerful tool that can be used for good 
a terrible weapon that can be used to bring great harm. So, you need to use your tongue responsibly. In fact, you need to allow your tongue to come into alignment with the heart and mind of God. Matthew 12, verse 36. Jesus again, but I tell you that every careless word people speak, now I'm already in trouble. I don't even want to go on in this verse. (laughs) But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for in the day of judgment. Now I hope the Lord has a long time to go through this with me. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Oh, God help me. Oh, but the blood of Christ, where would we be? Oh, but for the grace of forgiveness we find in Christ. It's easy to open my mouth and let it all out there without considering whether my words are going to build up or tear down. Are our words going to build someone up or tear someone down? Build up. We need to be thoughtful when we use our mouth, particularly when we're in a tense situation or we're in a little bit of a confrontational situation. Give some thought, mull over it, put some time between your mind and your mouth. You know, we're we're going to find disagreements with one another over all manner of life issues. We come from very different places, very different uh, backgrounds. Uh, We're very diverse, and so there's... we're going to find that situations where we're just not agreeing with someone that we're talking to, right? Um, but never forget that every believer carries a, a unique aspect of God's glory that we can all benefit from. Every believer carries a unique aspect of God's glory. You carry an aspect of God's glory. I do not. I carry an aspect of God's glory. You do not. Every believer carries an aspect of God's glory that we can all benefit from. If we're only willing to listen and get past our own stuff. James, again, speaking about the tongue in James 3.9, he says, with it, the tongue, we bless our Lord. And Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Ooh, think about that. We've got to remember that others are made in the likeness of God just as we have been made in the likeness of God. Right? Just because I'm at odds with someone doesn't make them made any less in the likeness of God than I am. On Sunday morning, we come in here and we use the old tongue 
and we worship God. And then we go out of here and we say something derogatory about somebody else with that same tongue. Is that good or bad? We say something derogatory about someone who's made in the image of God. Just like we are. Romans 14.4, Paul says, Who are you to judge the servant of another? The servant of another. I'm not your master. Who is? The Lord. So, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. We need to remember that we all serve the same God and we all have the same Heavenly Father. And I stand accountable before Him and you stand accountable before Him. You don't stand accountable before me. You stand accountable before God. Each and every person who knows Christ answers to the same God that I do. They are servants of his. They're not my servants. And what right do I have to demean another servant of God? Hello? Again, back to James. James 3.10. If you want to read all the verses James has about tongue, you just might want to do it, but grit your teeth while you're reading it. Anyway, James 3.10. From the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Right? When we come in here Sunday morning and we worship the Lord with our mouth, with our tongue, it's really, really inconsistent to then turn around and use that same tongue and tear somebody else down. All right, let me conclude. Um, verse Ephesians 4.29. This is a good verse to memorize. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Now listen to what that verse is saying. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Okay. But only such a word that's good for edification or what? What's edification mean? Building up. But only such a word that is good for building up according to the need of the moment. According to the situation I'm in, what word am I going to release that's going to build somebody up and not tear them down? In that situation that I find myself, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who are here. Your words are powerful. Do you realize your words can deliver grace, the grace of God to another person's heart? So whenever you are in conflict with someone, ask God for the words that he would have you speak. Words that would build up and not tear down. Do not allow your passions to take control. 
Allow your passions to be governed by the Holy Spirit, by the truth of God's word. Ask God for an appropriate response in that situation. In that particular situation, God, how do I respond right now? Extend grace to the other person. God extended grace to you. How many times have you sinned in the past 24 hours? Whoa. How many times have you said something you shouldn't have said in the past 24 hours? How many careless words have you just put out there? They're hanging out there in cyberspace somewhere. Extend grace. God extends grace to us. We need to extend grace to one another. And be careful. This, this is important. Be careful not to harm the work of the Holy Spirit in another person's life. The words that we speak could actually harm the work of, a, of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. We don't know what God is doing inside of them. And we do not want to harm the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody else's heart. Right? So, proceed with caution. Anyway, that's all I have to say. <laughs> so, if, you, if you're offended by something I've said this morning, just send... Send your emails to Gary at IDon'tCare.com and he'll take care of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't have a clue what we should do from here. Forgive each other. Yes. Um, baptisms, yeah. Um, I'm offended by that. Let's just pause for a moment. Hmm. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your heart toward us as your people, as your sons, as your daughters. Lord, you really care about us. You really love us. And you want us to love one another with the same kind of love with which you have loved us. Father, I, I, I'm, I'm positive there, there's people in this room right now that are carrying some type of offense. Some of those offenses may be new. Some of those offenses may be decades old. And yet they held on to them. Lord, I, I just pray for a release of a spirit of forgiveness in this house this morning, Lord. That we could forgive and let go of personal offenses. Not just let go, but actually love the person that offended us and pray for them for their success. Lord, if it wasn't for the blood of Christ and the grace you've extended to me for the forgiveness I found in Christ, I would be a dead man. I thank you for that grace. I thank you for that forgiveness. And I pray, Lord, that we would be able to extend that Christ-like
forgiveness to others who have offended us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your words that are so true. And Lord, we, 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 we're going we're gonna to build our house on the rock of your word. And it's not going to be shaken. Because we're going to turn to you in every situation we face, God. And appeal to you for wisdom from above. Lord, I thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.